So I'm really thrilled to have this guest on today. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers quarterback, was hosting Jeopardy. They're looking for a replacement for the late Alex Trebek. And Rodgers said he knows what it's like to step into the footsteps of a legend. And he was referring to Brett Favre. Uh, Brett Favre is an NFL Hall of Famer, a Super Bowl champion, a three-time league MVP. He did it three years in a row. Uh, now he's a podcaster too. He's got a show, Bowling with Favre, is co-hosted by longtime media personality, financial analyst, and conservative commentator Eric Bowling, who is also with us. Uh, here's the interview we did about sports and politics and just sports. Brett Favre and Eric Bowling, thank you so much for coming on. It is great to see you. I'm really thrilled to have you on. Thanks for having us. Hey, good, good, good to meet you, Andrew. Nice to see you. Brett, you've been out of the game, I think it's 10 years since you retired. Uh, Correct. And are, are you surprised to see sports in general becoming this political? Yeah, and I think uh, both sides, uh, for the most part, want to see it just remain about the sport, not about politics. Um, at least that's my interpretation. I, I know when I turn on a, a game, I want to watch a game. I want to watch players play and teams win, lose, uh, come from behind. I want to watch all the, you know, the important parts to the game, not what's going on outside of the game. And I think the, the general fan uh, feels the same way. You know, you were always known as a big locker room guy, a leader of men type. Uh, you played, uh, look, so many of the great American athletes are, are black guys. You played with some of the greats, Reggie White and Antonio Freeman and all this. When you were in the locker room, was, this, was there the kind of tension there now seems to be? I mean, a lot of the politics, as American politics always does, it revolves around race. Did you see that in the locker room when you were playing? Absolutely not. In fact, that was sort of the... Um, our protected space, if you will, um, where, where we could kind of let our guard down. Um, we were, we were in something together. We fought together. We won together. We lost together. Um, and, and we, we truly were a family. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, we, we absolutely didn't have issues that I, I, I don't know what issues they're, if any, in the locker room that they're facing now, other than what I hear or assumptions. So um, if there are problems within the locker room, uh, you know, that's too bad. Yeah. Eric, you know, you, you've obviously made your name as a commentator, but you were a big uh, financial guy. You started out in, in the financial world. Is this all part? I mean, the NFL is big business. Is this all uh, this part of... Andrew, this is bullshit. Yeah. What is. I started out in baseball first. I was playing for the Pirates <laughs> and then went into, into business world. And I got into politics. And, and unfortunately, politics is now overriding everything. Sports used to be uh, kind of, there used to be a, a, a firewall that, that whatever happened in D.C. and in, in this political world never made it over the firewall into the stadium. It's bullshit what's going on right now. Well, this is the strange thing to me. I mean, I've been an NFL fan for well, as long as I can remember. And this this year is the first year I could not bring myself to watch a game because of the politics. Uh, you know, Brett, you, you actually caused some controversy when you tweeted at one point that you were going to vote for Donald Trump. It all seems to be on one side. 
Uh, you said both sides, and, and I can understand that, but it all seems to be, I mean, it's controversial for you to support Donald Trump, but it's not controversial for teams to, for instance, kneel during the national anthem. Doesn't it seem that it all goes one way? Well, absolutely. It's very lopsided. And whatever happened to, um, you know, uh, your ideas, your thoughts, your beliefs being yours and not wrong, that, that's, that's, that seems a distant past. Um, you know, I think the people who know me, in fact, I know the people who know me, players that I played with, especially those who I played with for quite a long time, black and white, Hispanic, um, family and friends would, would certainly uh, attest to it as well that, uh, you know, by no means are any of us perfect. But, um, you know, I, I'm the furthest thing from a racist. Um, I think I'm a pretty good guy who, who – you know, cares about other people as well. And, you know, I, I knew that it was going to create a firestorm um, by first of all, playing golf with the president, which I thought was an honor, regardless of who that president is. Um, And and by tweeting um, my support for then president Trump, I knew that that would create some, some more issues, but, you know, Again, I, I go back to the people who know me, know me, and uh, would would speak on, on my behalf in a positive light. And, you know, I, I really don't worry about it a whole lot. I mean, it's a shame. It's really a shame uh, that we've come to this. Um, but, you know, the old saying, it is what it is. You know, I, I just find it tough. I got to be honest. The thing that I found really tough was the stuff about the national anthem and the flag. Uh, you know, I understand. We all understand there are always problems in our country and we got to talk to one another and work them out. But the flag is kind of what unites us all. And it's sort of. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, do you do you find this to be when you talk to players, when you talk to, to guys, do does anybody feel that this is a good thing that uh, that there should be anti-national anthem protests? I personally have not really um, had an in-depth conversation with any present player or for that matter, former players or teammates. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been talked about more in passing. Um, I, I, I guess the jury is out on whether or not it will be a good thing or not. I think it's created more turmoil than good. Um, but I, Andrew, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think something has to unite us and the game or games, uh, or sport in, in the past has been some, kind of a unification. Yeah. Um, now it's almost like a division. Um, I can't tell you how many people, uh, including yourself have said to me, I don't watch anymore. Um, it, 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 it's not about the game anymore. And I, I tend to agree, um, you know, it, again, it's a shame. It, it's too, too bad, you know, but, um, you know, like you said, you know, there's, there's, there's differences always, there's always been differences. Um, 
there's always been issues within the world, within the country, within our states. Um, but again, something has to unify us. And uh, I, I felt like the flag standing patriotically because blacks and whites and Hispanics have fought for this country, have died for this country. Um, and um, it, it's too bad. Eric, you know, you, you guys have this uh, podcast, uh, Bowling with Favre, uh, great name, by the way, but, uh, you know, you and you talk about trying to, to keep it light, trying to find the funny things and the good things about sports. Are you finding that difficult? I mean, even when you were speaking before, you sound like I can hear there's, there's anger there. I feel it too. Is it hard to enjoy sports at this point or do you still find a way in? You know, we, we still find there's a lot of fun stories still in sports. And, and you know, it, Brett is so right. When, when you look at that flag, you, you see red, white, and blue. You don't see black, white, brown, Asian. You don't see those colors. You see red, white, and blue. And people on of every single race have died protecting what the meaning of that flag meant. So it's, it, it's just very hard to see athletes disrespected. I come from an age, and I, I think everyone here comes from an age where it didn't matter on the sports field what color you were. If you were the best pitcher, you're the best quarterback, you're the best third baseman, you, you're the best uh, defensive hockey player. It doesn't matter what color you are, you're going to get the job. And, and unfortunately, now everything is, everything is race. I mean, everything, how in the world do we get to a world where every single issue has become a racial issue? If you uh, recite the Pledge of Allegiance. It's now racist. I have to somehow apologize for being white because of something that may or may not have probably happened 50, 70, 100 years ago. It's just crazy. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm blown away and I just, I'm angry right now. Well, in the hopes, in the hopes that we can get back to sports at some point and in the hopes that uh, this will, this too will pass, I got to ask you some sports questions while I've got you here. Uh, the game, the, the game of football has been dominated for certainly the last uh, few years by, by Tom Brady. And I, I don't take anything away from Tom Brady, but, but he kind of plays like a surgeon. He's a very serious kind of, you know, exact player. When I used to watch you, Brett, you were you had the you were more like an artist. You had a kind of spontaneous uh, pleasure in just sometimes doing the craziest mm -hmm. thing that you thought would work. Uh, when you look at the game, do you see any players coming up who remind you of yourself? I think uh, there's a couple of guys that uh, I, I see some similarities: uh, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes um, would be two that come to mind. Um, you know, maybe I should have been a little more serious. Maybe I could have won some, <laughs> a few more Super Bowls. <laughs> I, I say that jokingly. Uh, you know, I wouldn't take anything away from how I played. You know, uh, I, I could never be Tom Brady and, and vice versa. Um, you know, I think that's what the beauty of sports is. It takes it, it, all kinds. And um, when you know, I always say the good teams are like good gumbo, when you when the the ingredients come together just right, you hit a home run. And um, and yeah, that's, that seems to be the case for Tom uh, each and every year that he finds a way to to bring the team. I mean, I think we found out more than any, anything uh, who more than the other 
led the charge and was more responsible for winning the Super Bowls? Was it Bill Belichick, who I think is a tremendous coach, or was it Tom Brady, the gel that really kind of kept the, those teams together? He goes to Tampa, misses all of all season because of the pandemic, was throwing in the parking lot at one time to try to get some chemistry, um, was not able to meet in person with these guys for the most part, but yet they won a Super Bowl. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, Baker Mayfield, I think, uh, and, and Mahomes play like me, seem to have that fun. Baker probably more so than, than Patrick. Um, and w- the willingness in, in the, uh, the daredevil, you know, a side of, of either to make any throw from any, any place on the field. I think, can I, can I jump in watching Brett yeah. grow up watching Brett uh, throw the ball all over the field in any which way I, I, I you got a lot of Mahomes in you, Brett. I mean, just, it, it, it's almost a mentality and it's almost like a second baseman and a shortstop having that mentality. I'll get the ball to you, whether I have to, you know, drop it or back, flip it behind my back. Mahomes does it, and, and you had a lot of that. You were you weren't always over the top. You know, they say get your arm, get your elbow up. You were all three quarters. I see Mahomes <laughs> shovel passing all over the place. I see a lot of that in you. I see more. Of you I, I, I got to say, than Baker. When when I asked the question, Mahomes was the guy in my mind. I got to say, I, I see a lot of uh, uh, Brett and him too. Do you do you think these these guys who come in who they they always sports casters, especially sports writers, love these these running quarterbacks? But it always seems to me that they last for one year that they run and then they get hit a couple of times and then the bosses just say, you know, we're risking this big investment. Is is the running quarterback? I mean, the you know the serious running quarterback is that an overrated uh, player? Um, once they get hurt, yes. <laughs> Overpaid, too. You know, two, three guys come to mind um, just right off the top of my head. Randall Cunningham sort of paved the way for running to be a, 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 a tremendous threat to any defense you face. Then Michael Vick. Michael Vick. And then Lamar Jackson. Um, I mean, there's no question – that if you can do both and do both well, it puts a, a extreme, um, you know, set of problems with within a defensive scheme. So what you've seen to counter that is teams have drafted the hybrid players, the the defensive ends that run four six but are six foot six two seventy. Uh, the you know a big strong semi-quick guys don't cut it you know, for the running quarterback. You know, the, the, their tongues are dragging. Uh, so they're, they're drafting linebackers and defensive ends that can run relatively close to, to what these quarterbacks can run. And it only takes one hit to, you know, change the mindset or change the, the approach that the offense uh, has taken with what they call these RPOs now, run-pass option. Um, you know, I, I, I doubt presently too many defense coordinators want to face Lamar Jackson when he's healthy. Um, but again, if it, if it ever, if he ever gets injured, say he sprains an ankle and has to rely on in the pocket and throwing, 
Um, it remains to be seen how he will uh, will play then, but certainly a dynamic player, uh, much like Vic was and Randall Cunningham. Randall was a tremendous passer, so uh, equal, you know, equally a threat running and throwing. So let me ask, I, I got one only time for one more question, but I'd like to ask you both, uh, you know, football, especially sports in a lot of ways in general, but football especially has faced a lot of big problems in these last few years. The politics is one thing, the injuries and the idea that it, the game can't be made safe that has led moms and schools to not want to send their kids into football. Are you hopeful about the future of, of professional football? Let me ask you both that question. Well, I'm hopeful, but I'm, I'm also uh, a little bit concerned at the direction in which we're going Pol from a political uh, point of view, but also from an injury, mainly, um, probably more than anything, the concussion issue. Um, guys are bigger, guys are faster, guys are stronger. Rules have changed in, in favor of protecting uh, against the concussion, but as you know, they're going to happen. Um, I mean, you can trip and fall walking out of your house and get a concussion. So they're going to happen. Um, there's just not anything from a treatment standpoint until they, you, you can only do so much to prevent, but they're going to happen. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I'm also a little bit concerned about the direction we're going in in both of those areas. I'll jump in because I've been a football fan for my whole entire life. And look, football is big business. So it, by definition, it will survive. And, and Brett's right. They're going to have to, there's going to have to be some changes made. They're going to have to continue to invest, if not millions, hundreds of millions of dollars into, into technology, helmets, et cetera. And the rules will probably change. I, look what's going on. I think the, if I'm not mistaken, the minimum salary of an NFL player right now is $610,000. And that's because as Brett points out, you, you can get injured faster. I'm sure the lifespan of, a, of, a, of a, a typical average football player went from what, maybe five or six or seven years, maybe it's down to four or five, and that, that, so they have to compensate that way. But because of the demand for the sport, which is off the charts, higher than demand for any other sport on the planet, it, it, it'll continue. And I, I think what we just saw is I, I think we're going to see an extra game now. And so there's actually a demand for more football, not less. So I'm pretty sure it's going to survive. They just really, really need to protect the players a little bit more on their health, as, as Brett points out, concussion wise, and also on their money and salary. So if you're only going to be around two or three years, then, then jack the numbers up. They're making tens of billions of dollars profit uh, at the NFL. So they can afford it. Eric Bowling, Brett Favre, uh, Favre, one of the greats who ever played the game. Really nice to meet you both, and uh, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you, Clay. You're very welcome, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you.